Hello and welcome to episode 183 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. We're back again. We are back indeed, back in the cinema. Are we? Uh, are we reviewing trailers? Like what's going on bro? Yeah, I know. That, that was some fun times. Um, I love how you already like want to derail me and make me talk about Saw. Because um, I don't need an invite at this point. Um, Sorry, guys. Yeah, well, we'll maybe talk about it at the end of this episode because I've got some thoughts on some Saw nah, stuff. But, we've, uh... we've said our thoughts, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're ever expanded, ever growing. Um, but yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Obviously, we did do our, uh, a regular show last week on Harpoon, and we also uploaded our sort of reactions to the trailer for Spiral, as well as a sort of Ooh. breakdown and theories and what we want from the movie. Um, so see us, see our crushing disappointment in a few months. Make sure you check that one out. Um, it's good times. But yeah, no, I cannot wait. It's going to be going to be awesome. I, I no, hope we're... we get to start seeing it on the big screen soon as well, because that's going to be really fun. Yeah. So, um, just so you can at least stop avoiding the quiet place trailer. Exactly, it's so frustrating. Like we don't really talk about it much on the show. How funny it is, but like, like I literally have to just put my fingers in my ears and close my eyes every time that trailer comes on. And I feel like I've I've heard slash seen some things now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I'd already consider spoilery, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll get we'll get to that movie. I'm still excited for it. I just wish I knew like nothing, but oh, it's just impossible wait. in today's world to not know anything about it. Yeah, I just I just can't like I don't know that I share your frustration with a lot of these things, but mm. I guess it's like like saw you had to inject it into your eyes oh, yeah, for some reason. Like Quiet Place, um, Quiet Place Two. I just I just couldn't like I just yeah, I think for the most part I'm with you on that. Like, like when it's that pure excitement, yeah. you have to see it, don't you? Because it's all yeah. part of the hype. But yeah, I'm almost more like that. Um, like I've been avoiding the the Invisible Man trailers mm. just because I'm like I'm in for this. I have yeah. no idea what to expect. I don't want to see anything of this. Yeah, you know, and and even like if a Jordan Peele trailer drops for like a new movie, like yeah. when that drops, I want to watch the teaser and then I want to peace out because yeah. like I won't want to see second, third act things of it. But like Quiet Place, I just I, I couldn't couldn't get yeah. that way. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of Invisible Man, like I'm really, really excited for that. It's only a couple of weeks away now, and um, oh, I'm pretty sure we're not getting screwed with the release date on this one because it is already starting to pop up on let's our sort not, of local yeah, let's not get carried away, bro. Yeah, I was gonna say you never know until you're sitting there in the theater. But um, yeah, we got grudge listings, mate. Like weeks yeah. ago. Because <laughs> there is a couple of movies coming out. We'll we'll talk about our upcoming stuff at the end of the show. But there is a couple of movies coming out, and they just don't look like they're coming out in the UK. <laughs> womp, womp. Um, but yeah, we'll get to all that stuff. But yeah, there is some news stories here. Um, okay. This first one is only slightly linked to horror, so sort of bear with us, I guess. But I do think it is worth noting um, because it, there's a very big name attached to it. Um, so I don't know if you saw this news. You probably did because it was everywhere in the last week um, regarding one Sam Raimi. Mm. Um, obviously. Uh, you know incredible director especially mm-hmm. in the horror sphere and um hasn't directed a movie for a while um no, his, his, he directed oz the great and powerful which was this like oh, fantasy yeah. family Fantastic. film um yeah. which is yeah apparently it's like a prequel to wizard of oz i don't know it's nothing i'd ever want to see um but before that it was drag me to hell mm. <laughs> and so he really hasn't you know, he's directed two movies in the last decade and obviously the last one being over seven years ago now um and yeah, he's kind of got this massive gig, which is uh, he's directing Doctor Strange um, in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, yeah, very odd. Which is obviously the second Doctor Strange movie, and obviously, so it did have a director attached to it, um, Scott Derrickson, who also is I a mean, horror name. Just, just one thing: how dare mm-hmm. you? Just how dare you? 
<laughs> Sam Raimi, the last thing he directed was one episode of Ash vs. Evil oh, Dead. Oh, yes. How I, was, dare I was only looking at his film list. <laughs> okay. That's all I'm saying, bro. That's, I'm glad you corrected me on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you very it's much. It's okay, guys. <laughs> we saved it. It was the Continue. pilot, wasn't it? Of this, of it. Yeah um yeah it was yeah. so good you, you um, may you may continue now <laughs> fair enough um so yeah scott derrickson <laughs> who was attached to this obviously is a horror director as well um mm. sinister kind of being his biggest hit which yeah, is a very good film it's weird that they keep throwing these horror directors at, at dr strange yeah obviously so for people that don't know just to give a slight bit of background on this one obviously it's like they up the mcu the marvel guys they they announced like their slate of upcoming movies and this was obviously one of them scheduled for 2021 and at the time they were talking a lot about horror films um yeah they kind of build it as their the mcu's first horror movie um they've since walked that back a little bit and said that mm. you know it's more like oh no it's an mcu movie with like scary sequences and stuff like that and i think they clearly saw the box office of some horror movies recently and probably changed their mind <laughs> Um, yeah, they were like thinking it chapter one was still yeah. kind of the, the then they saw it chapter two and thought Ooh, yeah. and then they saw Doctor Sleep and they thought, nah, maybe we'll just And then like as soon as another movie comes out and does really well, they'll be like, Hell yeah, it's horror, like yeah. that's just the way this thing works. Yeah, um exactly. so don't take it too much. But obviously I think yeah, the fact that they were targeting these horror guys specifically does speak volumes anyway. Yeah. Um but yeah, obviously there was, I think, disagreements or, or something along the lines. I'm not exactly sure why Scott exited the project, mm. um, but he has since given his well wishes to Sam. And yeah, like Sam Raimi picking up this movie, pretty big fucking deal, especially considering, yes, he's a huge horror name, but he's directed the Spider-Man trilogy. Um, yeah, I so, would say that's kind of the more interesting ripple, like mm. outside of horror, like it's not going to be a, a continued conversation that we're going to have. But that's the bit yeah. where I'm like, whoa you've gone for sam raimi like that's yeah. that's pretty that's pretty crazy i mean there isn't anyone really who knows those two genres better than him in terms of like success in both fields you know like directed oh, yeah. a spider-man trilogy and directed a bunch of horror stuff and so Ooh. it really is a match made in heaven if that's what they're trying to work towards is, is somehow melding those two genres together you mm-hmm. know we've seen a few movies try and do it and just haven't been successful recently um so yeah, it would be exciting. And obviously this being this kind of like multiverse as well, like not to get into it too much, but obviously that does start to introduce, maybe he could have references slash elements to his own Spider-Man. Well, I mean, we've um, already seen a crossover character in mm. um, Far From Home. So obviously yeah. like, what what does that mean if the multiverse comes? I mean, we're, we're getting into a Marvel podcast here, but like <laughs> it, could be, it could be fun, man. I was going to say, I'm I'm very excited now. As someone who didn't like the first Doctor Strange really at all, um, this gets me very excited, not only for the director, but also just this... I think Marvel's in a place where they can just go really fucking weird now because they don't need to make every movie make $3 billion. Um, yeah, they've so done like it. They're the number idea. one. They're number yeah. one. They just commit... So I, as long as they turn a profit, like, that's fine. Yeah, which they always will. Like, even their mm. terrible movies make a profit. Um, so it's awesome to see that they can just be like, you know what, let's just do some mad shit. And he's a yeah. great guy to get in charge if you're trying to do some mad shit. Um, so yeah, obviously May 2021 for that one. I'm very excited. Um, moving on to another uh, horror story this time that I'm not Ooh. really excited about. Um, we talked about this late last year, how Fede Alvarez was attached to produce a, another Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm like, make it Fede or don't bother. Like, putting his producer name on stuff. Yeah, because what does producing mean? Like, Literally nothing. You know, exactly, you know, mm-hmm. it, it can mean something. You know, yeah. because like Jordan Peele producing Candyman. I mean, I guess he's mm. writing as well, but like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like that means something because he is in the project. And I'm not saying Fede's not in this, but like, yeah. he need, it needs to be an act 
active producing role. Um, I find it weird if it's not because he isn't this household name. No. You know, so Fede Alvarez producing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, does that buzz anyone outside of like us, the hardcore? I think that's the only reason why they would do it because you look at this, even just here in this project, it sounds very small. And I agree with you that, yeah, that's not a name that goes on a poster when it was like, I remember when a lot of Eli Roth stuff had Tarantino's name on it and that meant something to a lot of people. Whereas, yeah, yeah, and then Eli got to the point that his name meant something, you know, but like, yeah, I just don't think Fede's there. No, I don't. And so the, the news me, report, but... yeah, um, the report is that the kind of the director slash writers are Ryan and Andy Tohill, um, who I think have only done one feature film called The Dig, which I've not heard of before. No. Um, and they they are sort of tasked with directing this movie. Um, there was a small quote here from Fede saying, um, "The Tohill's vision is exactly what the fans want. It's violent, exciting, and so depraved that it'll stay with you forever." Um, yeah. I mean, as you, as you can tell, I don't care personally. I think I need to see a lot more of this project to be even remotely excited. I, I'm not a guy who's, I think, ever wanted anything from the Chainsaw Massacre franchise outside of the original movie, um, especially the stuff in, in kind of as I've been growing up and seeing the, the remakes slash sequels slash prequels. I don't like any of them um, at all. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I definitely come at it from a different angle that I love the idea of more mm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. I was a fan of the original. Well, is not. I mean, I guess <laughs> technically that's right. The original remake, like yeah, I don't the, know what yeah. the hell we call it, at this like point, the two thousand and four remake. Yeah, the, 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 the was... first remake. Yeah, um, I didn't dislike the one after that beginning as well. Mm. But still have Sheriff Hoyt in and stuff. I didn't dislike that, but then pretty much it wasn't great. And it was, and then at that point I felt like that was more of a miss than a hit. And then yeah. after that, it really just, it was miss, miss, miss. Yeah. We had um, like Chainsaw 3D and Leatherface, which we yeah. did a show on. That was movie was terrible. Yeah. Like that all had of them good missed, directors, but like cool. it really did. Yeah. But like, yeah. I, I really liked the remake and I really love Leatherface as a character. So like, mm. um, you know, get the right script and do the right thing. And like, I never want these, horror icons dead i can't help myself like <laughs> i want to see freddy i want to see leatherface and michael and jason like i just need to see those guys every now and then and it yeah. just the problem is it's it's just like it, it's it reminds me of like these old wwe wrestlers but i'm like they're not actually <laughs> aging like leatherface doesn't need to age like but mm. it feels that painful i'm like yeah yeah in my mind i want to see rick flair and i see rick flair and i'm like no bro <laughs> like and I'm like yeah. that with Leatherface. Like I'm like, oh, I really want to, you know, I want a good Leatherface. I crave good Hellraiser, and then like, and then we get these movies. And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't want to see this, but I'm still mm. going to get pumped for this. I, I think that's like, the thing. Like, I'm kind in. of, I'm there with you. Like, definitely more mm. Pinhead because I just find that character a lot more compelling to me yeah. uh, personally. But I think that yeah, both those franchises they've tried to do so many different things, and I feel like we haven't really had enough time for me to miss them because i just mm. get sick of them whereas someone like freddy they've only had that one misfire with the, mm. the attempt at the remake which wasn't good and then we've had such a long period of time since then and so i'm already like you know what even though it's probably going to be awful i just want to see someone take a stab at it i'm not i'm not um, gonna lie i haven't seen that remake in no i haven't five plus years or... i'd be an interesting rewatch because i really like that actor as well i'm not gonna lie i'm probably gonna have to rewatch it soon because <laughs> i just like 
I'm craving like mm-hmm. some some Freddy, and like I I just feel like well screw it I'm just gonna have to go on that ride again and I, I'm gonna have a bad time. Yeah, and if so you're I really just, craving, you should just watch Wes Craven's film because it's really no, good. No, I realize that, but I've seen them <laughs> a lot, and like this one, I have almost no memories of because I've yeah, tried to eradicate it. Um, <laughs> and I feel like I'm gonna go down that rabbit hole soon, unless yeah, I, I only rewatched you know, it once after the cinema. Yeah, me too. I went to the cinema. Uh, I. <laughs> purchased a dvd watched the dvd once and that dvd is still up in the loft somewhere <laughs> i could dust it off don't um it might yeah. happen guys so i've yeah, gone down this, worse rabbit holes you really have um yeah i don't know this project yeah i need to hear more about it like i'm not going to be completely against it but it's like i need to hear a lot more to be remotely excited about and yeah. any sort of chainsaw massacre project at this point that's not like you know rob, rob zombie's doing it then i'd be on board um but uh, yeah, next up, this next news story is a nice little short one. Um, it seems like Jennifer Tilly has confirmed that she's part mm. of the Chucky TV series. Mm. Um, obviously, we kind of talked about it in the initial synopsis um, for the upcoming Chucky TV series. For people that don't know, um, it did say that like allies slash enemies from Chucky's past are going to come into it. Um, yeah. obviously hinting at that but um she spoke to someone um and said i'm super excited don mancini who created chucky 30 years ago is the writer on this series so it's the original chucky and a little bird told me that i'm going to be a part of it mm-hmm. um so yeah that's awesome like that's what exactly what we wanted again i mean she's um, always hanging out with don like i yeah. see him on the social media like <laughs> i i see that they're always together she knows she knows what's going on yeah, I mean, she is like such a huge part of this franchise now. Where like, yeah, it's if it's the original canon Chucky and she's not in it, like some something's gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like at this point, like, is Jennifer Tilly or Brad Dorf more important? Yeah, like with it's it, you and know Fiona as well. well. That's what I mean. Like mm. you know because Jennifer Tilly has you know with you know Tiff as kind of. I think she has kind of transcended it almost where like it just yeah. would feel weird if she's not in it anymore. If oh, it's the original canon, weird. you know, yeah, it's like and, like and said, obviously, you, yeah, you would just Fiona. assume something bad happened because you can't yeah. just go, you know what? We're just, we're really happy and we're making this, um, you know, continuation of the canon, but for some unknown reason, we've come up with a story that we think's good without her. And I'd be like, mm, yeah. that's going to yeah. be a hard sell to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it's exciting it gets me like that a little bit more excited about the show i just i still part of me thinks it's just not even gonna happen um because they need to just not stop talking about it and actually do it i mean um, my only hope is like don found a wheelhouse like getting out the last couple of movies mm. and i just kind of hope that like my biggest hope for this is that the tv doesn't go off the ground and he's like okay i've got an idea to continue this i know how mm. to get a movie made i'm just gonna make a movie because more than anything i still want a don continuation of cult of chucky yeah you know, that, that's my dream and i want mm-hmm. that in a movie not a tv format yeah um, that seems very unlikely though doesn't it at this it, point it um, does and the more i think about the franchise the more i do feel like the way don finished cult it does mm-hmm. lead itself more to this weird episodic like crazy you know almost where ash versus evil dead went where it could just 100%. be zany yeah. And, and crazy and you can get away with that in these shorter formats instead of trying to tell this 90 minute story so like yeah. i can see why the transitions happen i'm not against it it's just 
like fully i just personally prefer watching films as opposed to television but oh yeah for sure but i definitely think that's a good like uh comparison because i do think that blueprint for amash versus evil dead could show you that you can continue this weird old horror franchise yeah in a weekly television based you know series so I yeah think and i feel part. and and i really do feel the way that cult was left it was so zany and so kind of weird you're like but how like, do you continue that, that up in a feature <laughs> is odd but i could yeah. see these just little half an hour episodes you know just kind of giving us this crazy zany stuff and just with these crazy mm. over-the-top kills and you know multiple chuckies and all this crazy stuff and like um working so much more but yeah we'll see man like i'm i'm excited yeah definitely um this next one is a is a pretty nice one actually this one only dropped uh just a few hours before recording and so i was very excited to see it instead of a few have... hours after no? yeah <laughs> thanks spiral um but um no we do actually have a release date now for the hunt um mm-hmm. which obviously for uh previous listeners will know that this was the movie that was scheduled to come out last september um yeah. and was pulled at the time and has since yeah, now cool. gonna get this rebirth um very nice. soon in fact um cool on friday the 13th of march um Ooh. which is awesome and uh interesting they released a new trailer slash new poster for it and it's worth checking out they're very much leaning into the fact that it was pulled which i think is really interesting okay cool. um obviously because it was pulled for for you know real life reasons and then Ooh. the fact that they've kind of used that in their marketing i'm like i could see some people getting really pissed off about this but i like that they're not just going like pretending that it never happened um they're talking about it oh, saying yeah. the most talked about movie of the year <laughs> that no one has seen and stuff like that um yeah they're, they're, and they're really playing like with the quotes as well kind of mm. you know they're saying a lot of things like you guys think that we pulled it for this reason you guys think you know what this movie's about in terms of its politics and stuff but like Mm. wait until you've actually seen the movie and i really like Mm. that and it's a bold move for them to make as well cute Um, pig as well yeah um but yeah this is a movie i just wanted i've wanted to see for a while as well because it looked like a lot of fun um so yeah hopefully we're gonna get to see it next month which is great i think i think like that's a good time as well like there isn't anything off the top of my head Unless I'm very, I'm very excited for this movie, and every time yeah. like I look at this movie, I forget that like Emma Roberts is in it as well. Yeah, like oh, I think it's, it's actually a week before a Quiet Place too as well. So <laughs> they're lucky they yeah. stuck it in there. Um, it's gonna be yeah, I'm I'm buzzed for this one. The one thing I forgot as well, one of the writers is Damon Lindelof for this movie, so <laughs> cannot wait for that. Um, but uh, yeah, and then just quickly round us off as a sort That's of last news story. Um, yes, cool. Um, I, we ought to mention the Oscars real quickly. Obviously, it happened over the last week. Hell and, yeah, we um, do. There was some pretty big wins for some really awesome stuff, actually. Obviously, the biggest one people will have seen by now, if you've seen any of the Oscar coverage, um, by far the biggest winner of the night was Parasite. Mm. Um, not only did it win four Oscars, which was the most out of any film, which is a fairly low overall, but I quite like that. Um, I think it's a yeah. fair reflection anyway when it when you look at it in terms of... There were three stellar movies that were up for it this time. You know? Yeah, but I think like when you look at the Oscars in the past, if one movie just sweeps it, I don't think that's a good reflection because mm. most of the time you don't get, for example, the best actor and the best actress and the best screenplay in the same movie. Mm-hmm. So I think it does make sense that it's split up. Um, yeah. yeah, Parasite. And the way, won... and the way... Yeah, go, go on, you go. I was just going to say, yeah, Parasite pretty much won like the biggest three it was up for. Mm-hmm. Um, not only did it win best, what is now called best international film, um, which was yeah. not only the first time a South Korean movie had ever been nominated, also won. 
Then it won Best Original Screenplay, which I did have a feeling because I knew the writing was so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, it then won Best Director, which I think threw everyone for a loop um, yeah. because I thought that was Sam Mendes for sure. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, I think as soon as we saw that, I was like, I had a feeling Parasite was going to do well. The second I saw it win Best Director, I was like, okay, it's it's 100% got it in the bag. Yeah. And it won Best Picture, which is incredible to see. Mm, madness. Um, it was a really feel-good moment. Like, they're such nice people. They were having such a great time. Like, the director seems like such a nice dude. And, yeah, it was a really, really nice moment. Um, I've not been that happy at awards ceremony since, like, a few years back when, like, Jordan and Del Toro were doing so well. Um, mm-hmm. It was really, really nice to see. Um, and, yeah, yes, obviously, man, jo- awesome. um, Joker as well. Um, it won two Oscars, and I think it was the two that it deserved by far. Um, yeah. Obviously, I feel like Joaquin had the acting one in the bag for a very long time. Um, the four acting categories in particular, like we pretty much knew who was going to win all yeah. four of those for a very long time. They've swept pretty much every major award available. Yeah, and deservedly um, so. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, they really yeah. were standouts. So, yeah, obviously Joaquin won that. And then Best Score, Joker also won, which was mm-hmm. amazing. Like the score for that movie is so, so good. Um, yeah. And I think that oh, was like... God, I need to see Joker again. Yeah, it's, it's really awesome. And then obviously the last one as well, Brad Pitt wins his first Oscar for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I was super happy about. Because that man blows my mind so that Brad Pitt has not won an Oscar. It yeah. was, you know, like there was this buzz around like Leo, obviously not mm. winning one for the longest time. Yeah, and like I'm like, how has it not been a buzz around Brad Pitt? Like I just assumed he had like eight. Like, <laughs> yeah. honestly like it's one of those things really where obviously i think he does do a lot more support and stuff and yeah, yeah leo is another one where like yeah again he was nominated i think even brad didn't have too many nominations like maybe yeah. four or five whereas if, leo is someone who's had maybe like 10 nominations he's honestly only though if you like said to me like actors that have got the most oscars i feel mm. like i feel like by the time i'd have got to like I'd, i wouldn't have got to double digits until i said brad pitt yeah put it that way do you know what yeah. i mean until now like it's shocking to me he's not won one but i'm glad he yeah. did um and yeah, I think kind of across the board, really, it, you know, it's pretty, you know, good to see these films getting this this kind of, you know, award kind of, you know, under their belt, especially like Parasite, you know, we reviewed mm. it a couple of weeks ago. It's, uh, you know, it's not a full horror movie, you know, but we're, yeah. we're, we've, we've got more of a foot kind of, we're, we're dipping our toes in the water here. We, you know, we had kind of obviously Jordan getting an oscar for you know get out then Mm. we kind of got shape of water which was you know it it was kind of a horror movie kind of not and then again with parasite you know is it a horror movie is it not we had that discussion on the show and like you know we're getting there man like when are we going to get a horror movie winning best picture yeah (laughs) not since silence of the lambs really yeah but we're close man we're as close as we've ever been yeah like it's it's, I think, it, like, like, obviously, from a horror perspective, it is. I think this is a good year. Like, uh, oh, yeah, one thing I was going to mention, I forgot to say the opening um, song yes. for the yeah. thing. Did you see this? Yeah. Um, I was sitting there watching the Oscars. It triggered and, me. It re- it yeah, triggered me, me too. It I was me so, happy. It triggered me. No, I was exactly the same. Yeah. Because, so for people that didn't see, they, they had this singer open the show and they had all these dancers in the background that were dressed like people from movies. So they had like people dressed like Joker, they had people in the Nazi uniforms like Jojo Rabbit. And there, there in the background was people in red jumpsuits, yeah. you know, dressed exactly like us. And then a main part of the performance, even the singer dressed up all in flowers. And then they yeah. had people dressed like the May Queen throughout the entire thing yeah um like midsummer was one of the main things that stood out to me in that opening performance um, oh 100 like and i saw it like trending and all manner of stuff like right. you know it, it was not just it didn't go unnoticed it was not yeah. just us that saw that 
Yeah. And uh, it left me extremely frustrated because I was almost like the Oscars, like, yeah, we know mm-hmm. that this should be there, but, you know, we're not ready yet. We're just not there. And I'm like, yeah. it's it's a joke that that movie, like the fact that their eyeballs are on it that much, to put it that much in their opening performances, and yet it didn't get a single nom. I was just mm. like, you you know, there's, there's a lot yeah. of kind of negativity around the Oscars and the nominations and that that I don't kind of tend to talk about too much. But like this mm. one triggered me. Yeah, it was just a weird one because you were like, clearly they loved them uh, or, or was at least someone was a fan of it. And yeah, yeah you look at like what Lapita's done in that movie and for her to n- not get nominated. And then obviously like they're clearly fans of Florence because Florence was also nominated for Little Women. But for mm. them to just completely gloss over Midsummer, especially in stuff like cinematography, I was really happy that obviously Lighthouse was up for cinematography. Um, True. Definitely should have won it in my opinion, but I was happy to just to see it nominated anyway. Mm. Um, so yeah, like there are those smaller little things, but I agree with you that like they could do more obviously but again like they're yeah they're, they're going we're at snail's there. pace yeah we're <laughs> maybe another hundred years we'll be there you know yeah. this was only the 92nd oscars after all exactly <laughs> like you know jordan peele jr might bring home the horror <laughs> yeah, movie award exactly. one day um but yeah no i i still enjoyed it anyway because it was like say it was it really felt like a feel good like the last couple of years have been a bit slower but to see parasite up there that it was just such a nice win yeah, I thought. good times anyway um but yeah that's pretty much it for the news this week should we talk about this week's film Let's do it. Let's talk about Underwater. So yeah, like we said at the start of the show, obviously back in the cinema for the second time this year. Is that right? Uh, Sounds right. Because we only saw the grudge, grudge, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, obviously we didn't get to see the turn-in. But yeah, we did get to see this uh, gem of a movie. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, we we haven't really talked about this much um, in terms of our our current releases. It was on Mike's upcoming comprehensive list of horror movies (laughs) in 2020. Like every movie that we'll cover this year was on that list. Just saying, bro. I covered it. (laughs) um but yeah it was definitely one that i remember yeah when you when you told me about it and especially when they started leaning into the more horror stuff because initially i just thought it was like a disaster movie um but then hearing that it did have something else to it you know there is a horror element to this i was Mm -hmm. like okay like i've been starved of that for a while and i do think there could be a movie that is great like that and i don't think we've i've not covered one i don't think for the show where it's one that i really you know wanted to um champion and appreciate um yeah yeah definitely you know like a cloverfield or something along those lines yeah i was um, gonna say there's not long until we bring up the word cloverfield like no. that's that's what we're craving <laughs> yeah like, that's what this movie seemed to start to promise and that's what got our eyeballs really on mm. um yeah it has two cast members from cloverfield and 10 cloverfield lane which is interesting <laughs> it must just yeah. be a coincidence <laughs> yeah like obviously that's yeah just a cool coincidence but yeah mm. that and kind of what they had the vibes going on it was just like okay we're we're, mm. we're gonna go see this yeah, like um, the plot of this movie, for people that don't know, is it's very similar to what is ha- actually happening in Cloverfield and what causes the initial outbreak with the monster. Um, yeah, it's yeah. something that isn't really covered in the movie, but if you kind of get, go into the nitty gritty, that's what initially happened. It's literally about a drilling station underwater, and that's exactly yeah. what this movie is. <laughs> and like, I don't know much about this in real life, but I assume mm. that there's like some sort of like truth based off this. Um, mm. Because, like, the one thing I thought, like, throughout this whole movie, I'm just sitting there thinking, Ocean's deep, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> my God. 
so so yeah this have you seen movie, the um james cameron documentaries he does? yeah man oh, they're, they're, insane. they're insane they're yeah. so awesome <laughs> and like he didn't even get like you know he was like two miles under i think yeah like he's not even getting to like even near the bottom yeah like that's what's mad about the ocean but yeah it's awesome um yeah so this is kind of centers around a crew of kind of um i guess they're researchers slash well they're basically just drilling into the ocean bed and they are in this kind of um subterranean lab and they're um it's about six or seven miles underwater isn't it Mm. this lab yeah and um the movie opens and um, we're instantly um, underwater and we see kind of like almost like the Resident Evil style, like yeah, profile of this substation as we go down and down and down. Yeah. And we, it's just like this one lift chamber. And then at the bottom, it opens up into like this hive substation mm. where we're introduced instantly to kind of Kristen Stewart's character, who's our lead, um, Nora. Mm-hmm. And, um, Basically, yeah, they're they're drilling at the bottom of the ocean, and pretty much one minute into this movie, shit goes down. Uh, and it, seemingly earthquake, or kind of like some, you know, uh, they're drilling, and it causes a, a kind of pocket of an explosion, and it, it starts to blow up the parts of the, the lab. Mm. Um, I kind of got the impression early on that there is precedent for this, and that obviously what they're doing is very experimental and temperamental and they're also like seven miles underwater like the degradation of their equipment and everything else like they had a lot of procedures in place to like almost cut off a limb and carry on with the substation so kind of when the explosion first happens they kind of contain it and then they start to assess the damage of the substation as a whole and kind of we pretty early on realized that this is not a salvage that or can I like continue work in the station. It's basically how can we get back up to the surface? We are an obscene distance underwater and this station is blowing up kind of above us, but all around us. And like, mm. what can we, how the hell do we get back up to the surface? Um, and that already is kind of like a pretty interesting disaster movie kind of, um, set up and then um as the movie goes on um we start to get more of the kind of horror side of things and the more kind of what has caused this explosion and what the hell is going on down there um and you know we we really start to get into the mysteries of the deep you know like i say we're seven miles underwater and it's just kind of like it's exploring what the hell is down there Mm. um and I guess I kind of leave it there for now. Like that is the rest of the movie that our characters just basically trying to stay alive, you know, get, get up, get out of the water. Um, and yeah, definitely kind of going into this movie, I kind of expected there more to be like a kind of opening, you know, even like, like literally someone on shore, then head into the station and then going underground and like, learning more about the world that we're in and this weird substation but yeah literally we start the film underwater and this explosion happens within one minute and so you are thrown Mm. into the deep end of this movie um which i kind of you know i respect a hell of a lot to be honest um and it did but it did leave me like they do a good job in the opening credits it's kind of like one of these kind of news articles slash kind of these confidential documents that are popping up that are kind of explaining the story of the substation but i really felt like uninformed going into this 
event at the start of the movie. Mm. So yeah, underwater man. Yeah, like this is a weird film. Um, it's I don't even know where to begin with it. To be honest, it's it's one that I've really struggled with after the fact of I don't even know what I think about it. It's not a terrible movie um but it's not good either <laughs> it's um it just i was pretty met on it from the start um and it just doesn't it's it's one of those ones i think that's ultimately one of the worst things you can really say about a movie is that it didn't elicit a response from me either way um i will say the dreaded b word which is it was very boring to me um throughout um i think uh what you said was completely true where this movie does just kind of start um you know instantly and it's weird you get like one scene with uh Kristen who's it's like a voiceover scene and mm. she's referencing some character or something maybe it's like an ex-partner or something it was hard to keep track of what was going on especially because now i wish i'd have really paid attention to that first scene because it's literally that and like one other thing scene i think later on where she's talking to another character and you get a little yeah. bit of backstory on her but other than that this movie is almost devoid of any character development really isn't it and story yeah it's just it's supposed to be like has this adrenaline rush of a disaster movie and that's it and um i think it's an interesting experiment to see if that would work and i think ultimately the answer is no um mm. you need to set up characters you know crazy enough as that sounds and um you need to actually give the audience something to root for because when now i'm just seeing nameless bodies on screen some will live and some will die yeah uh, as a viewer i just have no emotional investment in anything that's happening from the get-go yeah um, and i think i think that centers around nora as a mm. lead that you have no attachment to her she's just because nothing, within one minute of the movie she's thrown in and so obviously you have that sense of just wanting all characters to survive this and get mm. through it but like you say as characters along the way don't make it we know nothing about anyone that there's almost no real you know effect to it and i think like that really does center on nora and the fact that her character is quite one-dimensional yeah for sure like she's really one note for a lead she doesn't really do anything like you can see what they're going for in terms of the look because they're very trying to ape on the ripley style for sure oh my god yeah um to a fault and especially this movie in general like you could have an entire conversation about that and how it is literally just like a shitty remake of alien ultimately underwater yeah um, it's kind of hilarious because before the movie even i mean like before we get a minute in and the explosion mm. happens i was like jesus christ this looks like the alien ship yeah like because it because it basically just pans through the corridors and like literally four seconds into this movie i because i didn't even twig in my mind that that's what they were going to go for mm. and yeah within four seconds i was like oh this is gonna be an alien remake <laughs> like yeah <laughs> or an alien ripoff and i'm like okay i'm down for that because alien yeah. is fantastic and like it, in fairness to, to Kristen stewart like you know what she was given like her you know the the performance was good and she was believable as that character but it, she was just too one-dimensional on paper to begin mm. with um to to really get behind as opposed to ripley um yeah. she but, gets nothing but, yeah. to do in this entire movie really she's just kind of like out of breath and kind of stressed a little bit and just kind of reacting mm. to what's going on in terms of just trying to survive really and that's ultimately all the yeah. character is there's no turns there's no like here is the reason why i need to survive or here is the reason why the mm. work needs to continue or here is the reason why i need to save this person there's not but really it was you know imagine the chest buster scene being in the first two minutes of alien <laughs> you know there's a reason why that's like an hour into the movie yeah you know and that's the first real part of you know we're not reviewing alien here but do you know what i mean like that mm. 
there's a reason why that works and that hit and that's a bit of cinema history and like you do need a setup like we're ones that talk about runtime and talk about getting to the point quick but you mm. you know the last couple of movies we've seen now they kind of get there real quick and this i mean we thought last week harpoon got there quick jesus yeah. christ harpoon was like you know a four hour <laughs> yeah like honestly it felt like lord of the rings in comparison <laughs> to this like <laughs> Um, yeah, that's so yeah, what's wild. Like, it's a good yeah. thing to to discuss because, yeah, like bringing up Cloverfield again. That movie is what, like, eighty minutes long, mm. but it's like something like twenty two minutes until the actual monster attacks yeah. the city, yeah. and you do just get all these scenes of obviously <clears throat> characters. You're you're setting up who they are, why they're in New York. Okay, so this person used to be with this person, and they're in love with them, and they're going to do this job. And here's this other couple, and oh, these two are having banter back and forth. Okay, he fancies this character. Like, yeah, exactly. there's so much setup with all of the characters immediately, and so, and again, it, every time you rewatch it, it still works because it's still so brilliant. And this movie definitely needed something like that, where it's yeah. it is it was so tough for me watching this movie because yeah, the second the explosions start that's it for the rest of the movie now. And this is a 90 minute movie, which is usually short, but this movie felt long because it didn't really have a first opening act. It started in act two, which is when everything goes to shit. And so it just had a really long act two and then a fairly, I guess, normal ending. But even though it did feel kind of rushed actually in the grand scheme of things, like I didn't like pacing wise, this movie was a bit all over the shop for me um, because it didn't feel like it was coming to a conclusion when it was, it just felt like, okay here's 80 minutes of like destruction and like hell basically mm-hmm. and then oh shit we better come to a conclusion real quick like here's the ending that's yeah. how i really felt um so yeah like overall i was i didn't like the movie but i didn't hate it either it was just the, the thing i think that my biggest takeaway from it is that when a movie costs this much money it does yeah. leave a bit more of a bad taste in your mouth um this is a huge budget movie there's something Did you ridiculous. look up the budget on this I think it isn't like 50 million or something crazy. Jesus um, Christ. I don't know. It was, a, I, I didn't look. Oh, here we yeah, go. I think, but, oh my God. <laughs> IMDb is saying the budget is 80 million. Gee, that's mental. And it's that is currently so worldwide gross or at 40. Yeah. Like it's, it's Jesus bomb, Christ. 80 million. <laughs> what were you thinking? Like, that is such a like we need to really put that in perspective now because like in this day and age like you know some budgets got really inflated in the last few years especially with big like you know a lot of the big action movies but so like the producers uh, production companies in particular have really you know got it down on that sort of stuff with like the rise of Bloomhouse and stuff and being mm. like look if we want to continually make a profit you can't be putting fucking 80 million dollars into like a brand new IP with not really much star power. Like Kristen Stewart has not been a proven success at the box office since twilight. Um, and I don't mm. think that was for her anyway, but you know, she was in it. So fair enough. But like, since then she's not been in anything that's made money. And she's obviously like the pretty much the only big name of this. The only other recognizable name is TJ Miller. Um, mm who is like, you know, he's done some stuff recently and people seem to like him, but like, it's not, I don't think it's enough to pump. Yeah, we'll come on to him, man. (laughs) Yeah. So like, that is just, that blows me away. And I'm like, I just don't know what the audience for this is as well, because it's not horror enough to please the horror crowds. And then if you're trying to make just a straight up action movie, like you say, there are levels to this shit now. Like we're talking Mission Impossible and the Fast and Furious movies. Like they've upped it in such a crazy sense now in terms of the stakes. Mm. They can't just make like a subpar action movie these days and think it's going to be a success. So then in that case, you really have to lean in the horror and it just doesn't. It just, you know, there are horror stuff in here, which I am skirting around spoilers. I'm not even sure why really. Um, No. Yeah, they're out there saying like, there's a monster in this movie. Like I don't think that's a spoiler. Um, But there wasn't enough of that stuff 
to keep me as the horror fan interested. It was just mm. kind of like, if you take the monster out of this movie, I don't think it really changes it. It could have literally just been an earthquake and the act and the characters would have reacted the exact same way, pretty much. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was, it was a weird one, man. What, what did you think of this movie? Like overall? Yeah, I'm kind of there with you, man. Like I, this movie didn't bore me the way that you've described, mm. but I just never felt the stakes, you know, there, um, I felt, I found it interesting. I, I don't know whether this is just like an IMDb thing that I haven't noticed until this movie that a lot of people have got reasonably long names, but I don't think that's the case <laughs> in the three of like the main characters in this movie, their name, that their character name isn't actually listed on the IMDb when I'm on my app on my phone. Like, right. normally you get the character name, and, and it just kind of made me laugh. It's like, yeah, I don't really need to know the character name. The guy <laughs> I was looking for was Rodrigo, who's, like, the first guy that pops up with Noah, uh, Nora. Right. And, like, he, when he first pops up, I'm like, oh, okay, like, these two are going to have, like, backwards and forwards and stuff. And his character becomes ultimately, like, very throwaway. Mm. And, like, so many of these characters kind of do that because you have the captain that comes along and you're like, oh, okay, him and Nora definitely have some background, not just a working relationship, it seems. And then, like, you just don't find out any of that stuff. Um, and then, yeah, kind of this this movie reminded me, obviously it's trying to ham off Alien, which was a big mistake, um, but it also kind of felt like it was trying to ham off Gravity as well. Mm. And I was getting those vibes, and it was very similar to Gravity for me. Like, I watched Gravity, and, like, I found Gravity more of a spectacle than this movie, but I ultimately found it kind of reasonably boring because I was just like, we're just being thrown into these situations where I don't really feel like the stakes are there, you know. Um, and with this, I just didn't really, you know, you ultimately know that, like, Nora's our lead and, like, it, you know, shit's not just going to blow up 20 minutes into the movie and when the movie ends. Like, mm. so where are the stakes? And um, and that's the problem. The stakes are always everything is going to blow up in this movie. And I'm like, well, clearly everything is not going to blow up until the last minute of the movie because otherwise the movie ends. Yeah. Um, they're seven miles underwater. They're not just suddenly holding their breath and swimming for the surface. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely had that. Um, but, you know when when we did get the stuff with the creatures and we started to get a mystique around it like i was into it and i was enjoying like moments of this um ultimately the biggest frustration of this movie for me is that we just said this movie costs 80 million <laughs> this movie does not look that good no and the problem is guess what it's like seven miles at the bottom of the ocean <laughs> it's, it's dark, dark man it's real dark <laughs> There's fuck all. <laughs> yeah. And this movie is real dark in a lot mm. of places. And like watching this in the cinema, my eyes were hurting, you know, because we are getting, there, there's like a scene, for example, it's not spoilery, that characters have kind of like um, gone out of the substation. So they are kind of in the water in gear. And yeah, literally we have, surrounded by darkness. <laughs> yeah. And they have cameras on with a light. On, mm. and we get a first person view of you know a, a camera view of what they're what they're seeing and it's pitch black and it's a camera view and i'm like i'm just seeing nothing and my eyes are like squinting and i'm at this point i'm pretty interested as to what's down there mm. i'm in like they've got me in nothing i think probably a little bit more in than what you were and i'm just and i'm like it, it just hurt me to try and focus on it and like there are multiple scenes in this movie when um 
you know, staying away from spoilers, but when we get big reveals towards the end, and it's kind of like this massive spectacle towards the end that it tries to be underwater, but ultimately you just can't really see anything mm. because obviously it needs to stay true to where it's at, and it, and it does that, but to the detriment of the movie, where the movie just doesn't look good, you know? Um, it it did kind of make me laugh a couple of... Like, the, the opening scene actually made me chuckle a bit when we actually got the... Um, Resident Evil style, kind of like going down and seeing the substation. Because I was like, fuck, they got all these lights for on the outside of the substation. Like, I'm <laughs> like, they lit that nice for us to be able to see it. It's a nice view. I'm like, well, who's that for? Mm. Sharks? <laughs> like, is, is it like a lighthouse thing? They're like, if we light this up, the octopuses will go around it. Yeah, the whales it won't smash into it. I'm like, what, what are they trying to do? <laughs> like, it just, it's just yeah. things like that. But then they do that. But then the, 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 there's chunks of the movie that we're literally in the pitch black. And I'm like, what is going on? And so, yeah, like, the more I talk about it, the more I sound like I hate this movie. Um, and I don't, but I don't like it massively either like i'm kind of where you are with it where like when the movie ended i wasn't offended i didn't feel like my time was wasted but i just felt like okay like fine you you know it it was it was just fine it was it ended up being pretty vanilla um yeah you know and um you know going into it a little bit obviously you mentioned kind of tj miller and like you know, obviously, we know him predominantly as being HUD in Cloverfield, mm. and like I, we've spoke about Cloverfield. Oh, well, we we reviewed Cloverfield, did we not? Yeah. Like that first I, episode. Yeah, there's not many people that have heard that review, but guess what, guys? <laughs> Hopefully first none. episode, we spoke about Cloverfield a lot, and mm. uh, we love us some Cloverfield. Uh, we love us some Ten Cloverfield Lane. Like we we get mad for Cloverfield. Um, mm. We pretty much like the third one. Um, yeah. You know, but um, those first two definitely, man, like blew my mind. I love them. Um, and yeah, so we know him as hard. Obviously, he has been a big hit in Deadpool as well and kind of, you know, really funny in that. And like his character was very jarring in this movie. Yeah. Um, because he's there for comedic relief. But it's very awkward because I'm like, you know, Deadpool is a you know played for laughs but also you know his character isn't massively involved in the stakes you know mm. hod was saying the odd comedic line but was panicking and in it whereas in this movie his character paul it just almost felt like he wasn't in like this do or die situation he was just making jokes and like sticking on the radio and all of this stuff and i'm like i just don't believe that a character like that exists no. Like, and, and I don't believe, firstly, that if a character like that exists, they wouldn't trust them in a subterranean station seven miles under the ocean because mm. they, they would be a liability. You know, the people that are down there are serious military-driven people that are, like, you know, not going to fuck this up. Not yeah. some guy that's carrying around a cuddly toy making jokes. Yeah, um, it's, it's like what we said. The, no one really has a character in this movie, mm. ultimately. And so when you bring someone like TJ, he is playing TJ Miller. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, this and is. Like, I like TJ identical... Miller, so I didn't dislike the character. Yeah, like, he just felt out of place. Like, he is he identical. He is identical to his character in Deadpool. And mm. um, so it's like, oh, okay, yeah, now he's suddenly on this on this drilling station and yeah it is jarring and so in one aspect i'm like 
I like him and he there was a couple of things that I enjoyed, but I agree with you that it's every time his his he's delivering these comedic lines, it takes me out of it and I don't remotely yeah. believe it. And then when he does get exited from the movie, even though I wasn't a huge fan, I was like, Oh, okay, he was the only character that really I was like looking yeah, forward to the dialogue. Who even, yeah. yeah, who had anything to say, it, mm. even though it wasn't necessarily suiting the tone of the story, he at least had something to say in the situation. Yeah, when he's not in the movie, there's a lot of characters traveling with like the headgear on not mm. saying anything which yeah. is which is probably what it would be like in real life but yeah. you need to give us some sort of narration like yeah, it doesn't make for a good film us... though <laughs> yeah exactly um but i mean i have two questions for you with his character god firstly what the hell was the rabbit all about he the, the oh. character he carries this stuffed bunny rabbit around mm. that like he calls like mini paul or something or little paul is it little paul no, um no. But like, what, I forgot what is, about it until you just mentioned it. What is the bunny about? Like, <laughs> is meant to be kind of funny, or is it meant mm. to be sentimental? No idea. And second of all, more importantly, did he have hair clips in his hair for the whole movie, or did I they d- just appear halfway through? I think they appeared halfway through because <laughs> I also noticed them. Like, I feel like when I when they first appeared, which definitely Thank wasn't you. when he was first on screen. I, I'm so glad that I was not the only psychopath that picked that up because I was just like. The the station is blowing up around you. Like you doing your hair, bro. Like I think when, it was when, when, he put the, when he put the whole suit and the helmet on. I think that was when he did it. Don't it's, ask me why, but necessary. I think that's when he did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, also what's, what's the, of, <laughs> I think you're gonna ask the same thing. You go. Well, <laughs> is it the necklace? Yeah. Because like, the, I, again, like there are such like um, breadcrumbs of story in this movie, and so like as the story guy, I was so like, please let me just attach myself to something, yeah. and so that was why I was really trying to hear what she was saying in that opening monologue, and then she kind of like keeps clutching this necklace that she's got like hidden in her top, and I don't remember that ever pl- playing a part. Do they ever explain it? I can't they, remember if she's like using like, it at the end or if we actually they, see it properly. There's a lot of this movie that Kristen Stewart is not wearing a lot. Yeah. However, we do not see a necklace that's hanging around her neck yeah. when she is wearing next to... She is in underwear for a chunk of this movie, but that yeah. necklace is tucked away. And I'm just like, you tried to make this necklace look very important, but ultimately I had no idea what it was. Yeah. That whole <laughs> stuff with her odd. at the end is very weird as well. Like the last, like you say, the last, the finale of this movie, she is wearing like next to nothing. And it's really weird in this the tone of this movie. Like she, I don't just really know what they're going happens. for. Whether it's supposed to be like on this powerful person who doesn't care or or what. I don't I don't know what they were trying to they, do. They it was like of, what if Ripley was naked at the end of Alien is essentially yeah, what they thought the end of this like, movie would be. The I think it is worth mentioning, like not it's not nudity, but like the lack of clothes in the characters in this movie because mm. it felt weird. Like so the our characters have to put on these kind of what the hell are they like they're like bioshock outfits man they're like, like these war, like yeah these <laughs> these big kind of mech suits almost that are like these underwater you know it's not just scuba diving gear it's like it's it like is high a mech. pressure underwater yeah. yeah and um apparently you can wear you you have to wear nothing 
in when you're when you put one of these on you have mm. to strip down to your underwear unless you're male and then you can keep <laughs> most of your clothes on yeah. um because I, I i honestly need laughed in the cinema because literally the scene happens and like all the women strip down to almost nothing and the blokes just like take off their shirt and they've just got their undershirt on and i like, good yeah who's creating the rules for this i'm like you're already bigger in mass <laughs> like yeah if, if you're fitting in like that they can fit in in like arctic gear <laughs> yeah it was so dumb um so yeah it, it really was jarring and yeah there are multiple times where she kind of takes off this gear and then just decides to not put clothes on and walks mm. around you know in her underwear and i just it, it, yeah because there, there's obviously like um moments in like probably in particular like the latter alien movies where obviously the ripley character is kind of um you know when she kind of first comes around and stuff in some of the latter ones she's not wearing a lot to begin with mm. and I, I just feel like they were trying to go for that and like yeah. but it but it just felt very odd and like the when it got forced upon us i was like what are you, it just felt weird like what yeah. are you doing it felt shoehorned in for sure and mm. it just felt like unnatural and for a movie that basically had no form of writing anyway they were never gonna like even remotely try and earn something like that because no. i never knew what anyone was doing anyway like there was a scene when um there was a couple of characters like investigating some corpses and i don't know if they had another task or if i forgot because then at some point they were like they were like oh by the way if if you can just like grab something from the body you know because it'd be nice yeah. for the family well and it then makes it to become like the main mission at one point where they were like no we have to get something from the body and it yeah. was like no you, they just said maybe if you can <laughs> like it, it made no sense because yeah the, the, i don't really think it's spoilers you know this is this is a disaster movie you know and mm. they are trying to basically get to another part of the substation that's got these escape pods in and for some reason they get a notification that an escape pod has kind of crashed back down and they think let's go and investigate it because there could be someone alive still on board and i'm mm. like okay fair enough like i buy it in this world that you're in and you want to try to save the life um so they risk their lives to kind of go out and look at this um, crash pod. And I guess slight spoilers, yeah, that like they pretty much see it decimated. And, the, and you know, no, one, no one's living. Um, and yet they still continue for another good five minutes to, yeah, just explore, look at the bodies and try to get something off them. And I'm like, resources are slim. Like, how much oxygen have you guys got on these suits? Like, really, are you going to waste that on... Like, maybe I'm just unsentimental, but I'm like, you know, getting a wallet or something to give mm. to a loved one. Like, get out alive and, you know, you know, if you can save a life, fair enough. But yeah. let's not worry about getting dog tags off someone. Yeah, like, this wasn't the time with how much shit yeah. was supposedly going on at the time. Exactly. You know, they, you know they, they, they don't explain, like, the limitation of resource because, like, one of the kind of synopsises I read for this movie was, like... Um, talking about like a limited supply of oxygen not once did i really get that feel like Mm. one of the characters um literally has his tank kind of get damaged and the oxygen go awol and at no point was it ever explained like oh okay you now have five minutes left or you now have none they were just kind of like oh you're a bit screwed we're in a bit more trouble and then his character just became more annoying because of that because he was Mm. struggling with the oxygen but it was just never explained like how long they had and there's kind of uh, you know i'm kind of going to spoiler territory but there's a point in the movie where nora 
they're outside of the substation. They're on. They're just underwater in these outfits. And she goes off for a big chunk of the movie, kind of gets back on track and gets reunited with some characters. And they've just been out. They haven't been in like you know refueling or getting anything else. They've just been in those outfits, like mm. underwater for for seemingly an, an obscene amount of time. And and she and they, she just kind of says to them like your oxygen must be getting low low and they're like yeah it's pretty bad and then they yeah. just kind of carry on with the film and i'm like what <laughs> mm. and it's kind of those sorts of things like the more i think about it and the more we pinpoint the writing that like that's what really lets this movie down because i do feel like there are a few of the breadcrumbs in place that could have made this pretty pretty good like i enjoyed when the creatures came along i enjoyed that kind of like they played this whole cloverfield thing where it was kind of like this disaster happens and we don't know what it is and then like we start to unravel more and more and there is some mystery and intrigue that i felt but then ultimately it just missed too many beats along the way that yeah by the end i was just left kind of like man yeah, that's fine yeah, like that's how I feel about this movie overall. Really, is that it's not bad, but it's kind of like aggressively average. And I think that's it comes from the budget. Ultimately, mm. is that if you make a movie that's that costs this much, you can't just put out something this yeah. meh overall. Like, yeah, my you didn't mind, have a good enough goes. script to like fund that sort of project mm. anyway. Like, yeah. I don't know what the pieces of paper looked like. They went right, throw eighty million at that. Let's go. Like, yeah, like who the hell put this out? Like who the hell gave this? 80 it was million? twenty twentieth Century Fox, which yeah. interestingly it was the last film put out under that umbrella because obviously Disney have acquired Fox now, so it's been changed mm. to twenty of century studios um yeah this is this is what this is what made them think shit we have no more money like we're gonna get bought out by disney because because that script and even with the cast attached even if like the cast was attached to that point like what Mm. the hell gets this movie 80 million it blows my mind and it's not even advertised like in the uk anyway like it's not significantly advertised like an 80 million pound you know dollar movie should be all over the place in terms of marketing budget yeah, for sure. And this like this had already come out and didn't do well. And so they, it was one of those ones of like, right, when do we put it out just to at least recoup some of the losses? Mm. And it's one of those weird projects. Like you see these a few times in these studios where they kind of have this movie and they know it's not going to be a success yeah. and they genuinely don't know what to do. Where it's like, because it's going to cost a certain amount more money to obviously put it out. Yeah. And then it's like, what do we do? Because we can't just not put it out. And it's like, they just yeah. knew that this was ultimately just going to be a failure, like all over the shop. Um but yeah, like you say, I feel like overall, I'm, I just feel like it's meh. Like I think in terms of recommendations, if you could see this at some point, you might want to check it out because like, I do think that I found some of the scenes quite like at least a little bit entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. It was very much like, and also piggybacking off your point, I completely agree with you. Like the scenes when they are just out in the ocean of, of unbearable. Um, it's worth noting how really horrific they are, these scenes mm-hmm. in the pure darkness where it was the worst I think I've had to look at a movie in the cinema ever. Like it looked atrocious on the big screen. Also, um, just to like jump in, what about the moment when a character like switches to the weird like night vision to give yeah. us like one little jump scare? I was yeah. just like, wow, you're gonna you're gonna throw that like cheesy overdone trope in this mm. movie that's already dark, and you're gonna throw in like a weird night vision thing that he just kind of like he throws it on like he's like, I'm gonna turn on my my night vision mode and you can all watch my screen i'm like what yeah I'm like, what, what is this tech i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> thanks for bringing that up now um yeah 
But yeah, like the, I just the, those scenes were re- literally painful mm-hmm. because of how dark it is because of the uses of flashlights that are literally just whizzing around the screen. And so like you're squinting to try and see a glimpse of the monster, but then you're getting blinded by the flashlights every two seconds. Like I hated those scenes so much. Mm-hmm. Like other than that, there wasn't anything else I hated. I was just kind of like bored, bored. Oh, this is kind of interesting. And then it kind of was over. And I was like, wow, this costs that much money, <laughs> you know, um, like we see so many talented filmmakers, as we've discussed multiple times on the show, that can't get a budget anywhere near this goddamn level. Yeah. And I just look at the people that like wrote this movie and produced this movie. And I'm just like, God damn, man, you, you guys need to pick better projects <laughs> to like fund because they're they're genuinely brilliant people out there that need more money for their projects. And then you're, yeah. you're giving 80 million to this. Like, it's crazy to me. Yeah. Like it blows my mind. Like looking at the director, like his last movie was the signal that had a 4 million pound budget in 2014. Right. Yeah. And then he's directing an 80 million pound movie. Like it's kind of mm. madness. Like, mm. you know, and there's no disrespect to him at all. Like no. fair play, man. Like, but it just, how did this happen? How did this movie get made? But yeah. Um, I think for me in terms of recommendation, I'm pretty much the same as you. Like, I think, for me, this movie was kind of like it it stayed on like a fairly even line where it was like, OK, good, OK, good, OK, good average. Like it never went bad for me. Mm. It never pissed me off and it never got as far as even great, let alone above that. And yeah. it, so it just, you know, it stayed on the average line. I think for me, it's if you like a creature feature, um, you know, maybe this will have something for you. Um, you know, if you're a huge fan of alien ripoffs, fair play. But mm. like, other than that, like, you know, especially if you listen to this, you know, podcast, you're not a, you know, you're you're a horror fan. Like, this movie is not like deep entrenched in horror anyway. So I think this one you can comfortably give a miss to, unless you like those sorts of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion of underwater. Uh, we will take a short break, and we will be right back. yeah we do have some uh, listener feedback this week uh, of course if you want to hit us up on twitter it's, it's at shb pod or if you want to send us a longer email uh, it's super horror bros podcast at gmail.com um yeah we got one from sean of course um he he says oh, something sean. that i want to bring up um about tv shows um because obviously mm. we talk quite a lot about tv on the on the podcast um we do. he said uh, you guys have the time to watch these tv shows i do not have the time for tv shows it's difficult enough keeping up with just the horror movies for me i mean you um, watch I'd like lo- hundreds of horror movies bro like <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll get to that um he says uh, i'd like to check out some of these shows uh, i think tv died for me once game of thrones uh, concluded um but yeah i think it's an interesting point like, obviously i know sean is a big fan of haunting of hill house so i'm glad that you took an exception to watch that because it's mm-hmm. exceptional um but i do think that's a fair point because obviously we talk a lot about tv and also gaming a lot um mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily talk about gaming so much on the show mm-hmm. but we are both uh, gamers and yeah like the, the the time spent for both those hobbies like obviously tv yeah. shows and gaming is just so much more than movies and i do is something that i find myself thinking about quite a bit really um i, I do with television in particular yeah for sure because obviously sean like we say like he definitely watches so many more movies than us but yeah if you're not watching the tv shows i can totally see where that would give you the free time for that and yeah like yeah tv shows are a big ask you know when you want to especially if you're starting something new and it's not yeah too much out there in regards to like you know recommendations or, or will it be something you like it's very hard to be like right how much time am I going to have to commit? When is it going to get good? When am I going to feel invested in the characters? You know, even something like Game of Thrones for me is like, 
obviously you have to commit yeah, like, a lot when of did, time when to did that. that you know really kick off i mean yeah. for me recently you know you've been speaking about it like mind hunter mm. and like i looked at it and i was like Jesus Christ, there's 10 episodes a season and they're all about an hour yeah. as opposed to 45 minutes. Mm. And I'm like, that's a lot. And I'm like, man, I'm going to have to watch 10, nearly 10 hours of this to watch one season. And I'm, yeah. so I'm going to commit to nearly 20 hours. Mm. And I'm like, you know, that's, you know, that's 10 movies, Yeah, you know, easily. And yeah, it's a lot. Like the comparison is interesting yeah. to me because yeah, like it is so much more, and yeah. I don't think we necessarily talk about that too much mm. on the show because yeah, we do occasionally because obviously we don't really have too many TV specials like the Stranger Things and Black Mirror. But other than that, it is something that we're just like, oh yeah, we were end just of the watching episode. This. We've we've yeah. just committed twenty hours of our lives at the end of this episode. Exactly. We're like, yeah, we both watch <laughs> Witcher, and I've been talking about Watchmen obviously a lot lately yeah. and stuff, which I, I still obviously highly recommend. But um, yeah, I thought it was an interesting point because yeah, mm. I do think I do think about that sometimes where I'm like, man, if I hadn't watched that because obviously there are so like how as i discussed last week movies like lost boys and there's so many movies like that that yeah. i would like to sit down and watch but then i haven't I mean, for me it's all just, these tv shows instead it's just re-watching stuff like yeah. there's so many great things that i'd like to go back to watch and i'm always just moving forwards mm. in all of those media where i'm like you know i'm just absorbing this new tv new movies new games and actually like you know it does make a good point that if you if you scale one of those back we we do absorb a bit of everything yeah yeah, for um, sure. Like, I think it's it's ultimately just juggling that time, isn't yeah. it? Because I do. I'm I'm glad that obviously Sean found the time for something like Hill House. Because I think mm. that um, anyone who like likes film should watch that for sure. Mm. Um, and I do think that my whole point with the whole TV thing, because I think the rise of TV over the last few years has been interesting to see. And I, I know a lot of people that love TV over movies, and that will just never be me. Like, I think no. that movies are just better. And even though we are definitely in an age of t- TV that it's better than it's ever been it's still ultimately not film. Um, we do have a lot of guys crossing over, which really is blurring that lines, obviously like the Mike Flanagan's of this world mm-hmm. um, and these big name actors. I think Watchmen is an interesting one as well because like Regina King just won an Oscar for acting in a movie. And then her next role was in this, you know, weird sequel comic book TV show. And I think yeah. examples like that to me are interesting because that would never have happened 10 years ago. Um, you never would have had someone who was at the peak. In terms yeah, well, that of happened with McConaughey film. as well, didn't it? Just exactly. Yeah. The True Detective was massive um yeah 100 percent. great point like when that came out it was like holy shit like these film actors can do this now and now actors aren't afraid like martin freeman's like oh yeah i'm gonna be in the biggest movies but then i'm also gonna do fargo and sherlock and these other stuff and i think actors mm. were afraid because you'd get shoehorned as a tv actor but in the past and i'm mm. really that's one of my favorite things about tv now is that's just not the case anymore like we value like big little lies is what something that i mentioned a little bit like it has like bloody nicole kidman and reese witherspoon these huge like, laura dern who yeah. just won an oscar like they're in a tv show and like you would never would have had that i, I would have loved to have seen that in the past mm. you know these awesome names like, i would love to see someone like leonardo dicaprio and brad pitt get into like television it would yeah. be awesome to see um but yeah it's, it's an interesting one for me because yeah i'll always be a film guy for sure but there are certain tv ones like a, a good example as well as lock and key obviously just came out on netflix um which mm. i'm interested in and really want to check out because obviously it's based upon joe hill stuff and it's one of the only joe hill things i don't really know too much about mm. um and people really seem to dig it but again it's like you have to i'm gonna have to commit at least eight hours to this thing that i may not even enjoy <laughs> um just based upon obviously who created it um yeah exactly you know it's another 10 episode thing isn't it i, yeah. think, I think it's a bit 
um more like the 45 minutes but still right yeah it's exactly it's still a lot isn't it for something that mm. i literally i'm, I'm i want to not know much about it therefore i am just gonna have to commit the time up front and it might be something that i literally hate i think the, the thing with tv as well is you have to be not afraid to stop things if you're not enjoying it yeah, i think which a, is my a lot biggest of, problem man. yeah like i i watched like two episodes of sabrina and i was like you know what i'm not enjoying this i'm gonna stop like i'm not just gonna keep watching it for the sake of it and i have done that with a lot of tv and so i think that you have to be firm with your choices you can't just be like eh, this is okay i'm gonna finish out the season like mm. i I've done that with a few things like Man in a High Castle. I remember watching like three episodes of it, didn't like it. And I was like, right, I'm going to see out this season. And mm. I did it and it didn't get better. And I regret that. And I'm really glad that I didn't go back and like watch the later it's, seasons now. It's a real difficult one though. Because I think to piggyback off that, I've been watching some TV, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, I've just polished off The Witcher season mm. one. And I nearly stopped watching this after two episodes. Yeah. Because it didn't grab me. It, it kind of set up so much, but didn't like give me any kind of onward thread. And I just kind of felt like they were just throwing so many names and things at me that I was so confused and I nearly stopped. And by the end of this season, I'm glad I didn't um, mm. because I ultimately did enjoy it. I think um, I never got used to Henry Cavill, uh, his voice. Mm. Like I, I just feel like it just felt too put on, you know, it was the bail Batman. Yeah. Like it just, um, every time he talked, it put me off, but, um, overall, I, you know, I can see why it's got the buzz and I'm pretty down for a season two. Like it was, it was, you know, the, the character they've set up, the world they're in is, is interesting enough to, to keep me in. Mm. Um, there's some things that I do find weird about it. Um, kind of setting around Geralt in particular, because like he, he he wrecks so many people with no like when he's fighting it really feels like you're fighting npcs on the easiest level on a video game like mm. they they hold no resistance and there's no weight to anything that happens because he just wrecks shop with people and i realize he's a witcher and blah 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 but like kind of um you know like comparing this to say and i mean that's not even i was gonna say lord of the rings but let's compare it to tv let's compare it to game of thrones like when battles happened in Game of Thrones and swords were being hit, I felt weight behind it. I, mm. At never point was Jon Snow going to get killed by a randomo. But every time Jon Snow fought a random person, there was a fight. And and with this, Witcher's just wrecking people. And, you know, I know he has these powers, but it just, it did, it the action felt weightless because of it at times mm. with him. Um to be honest, like it was the other characters that were more interesting in this show. Um, and ultimately, you know, the finale, he is a wall in most of the finale because the other characters are the more interesting characters. Yeah. Well, he um, doesn't even have nowhere near the most screen time either. Like it is, no, the, it's the other two yeah, female he's, leads he's that third. are the driving factor yeah. of the story for sure. And I agree mm. with you. Like they are both their character arcs are way more interesting. His cause like I say, he doesn't really have an arc. He is just no, this just dude wouldn't. who slays yeah. people. And yeah, I agree with you that when you write this supernatural character who has these crazy abilities, like that balancing act is so hard. We've seen mm. that in everything, really, from even, you know, his Superman and like other stuff where if you write someone who is this all powerful being, how do you possibly give them like an equal match? Yeah. yeah, it's very, very difficult. Yeah, we've we've definitely spoke about this, whether it on air or not, it's hard to tell at this point. But mm. yeah, having that kind of having an equal match for this sort of thing. But like he is not invincible. He is he is no. only a bit stronger so i just felt like those fights need to have some sort of weight like you know the swords need to clang two or three times it almost mm. it felt like choreography 
mm. where he is kind of dancing and the sword is just slashing people and they're just they're almost falling into his blade and it just i don't know that it just it really started to become noticeable to me i agree with um, you people seem to really like that and i wasn't too much of a fan of the sword fighting in particular mm. i agree with you that i thought it felt very like he's rehearsed it perfectly yeah he's doing the he's doing the steps beautifully but it doesn't look like a fight <laughs> yeah it was choreography and mm. you know the, the biggest criticism to anything like this is when it feels like acting as opposed to being in that world and this felt mm. like that you yeah know, it was very well rehearsed choreography people fell over in the right places they fell on his blade in the right mm. places <laughs> um but yeah overall still pretty enjoyable um and then to kind of cap off what i've been watching uh tv wise i have been watching some watchmen hell yeah yeah i have um i'm not going to go into it massively because i'm only i'm three episodes in oh nice but yeah this show is like it just keeps throwing stuff at mm. you and that's the thing for me that like i'm watching it and i'm like okay the first episode was quite interesting we kind of set up this story we set up what the police force is all about really in episode one yeah and then kind of episode two we start to see kind of okay so who are who are who are fighting the police who are these um you know what the hell are they called the seventh the cavalry. seventh yeah seventh cavalry thank you and like you know what are these all about and and what's going on with this and then kind of episode three we start to get kind of this stuff to do with kind of vigilantes and kind of like how the police perceive with vigilantes and like are there other people out there doing this sort of thing and we see this kind of detective come in and i'm like jesus christ like what is this world i've been thrown mm. into and i just have so many questions and um yeah like so far good times yeah um it's only gonna to get a lot more well. like, i think that's yeah. what i loved about it so much is that it just each episode is pretty much better than the last like mm. I don't know. I couldn't even pick a favorite, but like even thinking back now, I just love the the level of escalation. Like what you said of each time you start an episode and each time mm. an episode ends, they're going to throw some mad shit at you that just blows everything out of the water. But then it's explained perfectly. Yeah. It's not like this silly thing for the sake of it. It is world building at its finest. Like I adore the show. Like I already want to rewatch it. I've spent and mirror, so mirror face, man. He's yeah. the best. Like I've obviously I watched like the the Watchmen movie and the comic and I'm still so desperate for more. I'm just like I need to. I just want to watch the TV show again because obviously it would be actually fun now because now I know more about the characters and the backstory. So I would get more of like the references and stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I might. Well, I, might, I, yeah. I want to see if it's like a Blu-ray, but I can't imagine we're going to get that in this country. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's hard to know. Um, mm. And then yeah, the other one is just a quick warning out there for everyone. Um, <laughs> I've watched the Edge of the Axe, right? Arrow recent Blu-ray. <sighs> it's 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 hot trash man <laughs> it's, i i don't know what the hell that movie was i don't know what the what they were thinking with it like it mm. felt like a subpar release but then when i got it i kind of liked how retro it felt um yeah. but kind of um what the movie or the actual like release the, the release like the yeah. release felt like a retro arrow release because like the the sleeve and everything that i spoke of like i liked the presentation because it felt a bit different mm. um but yeah, like I threw this movie on for, I watched the first 15 minutes and like went into a bit of a coma um, and fell asleep and like, and I'm like, okay, that was odd. I'm going to give this another go. Like I'm going to start this from the beginning. And I'm going to watch it again. And my God, like by the end of the movie, I, I honestly was completely checked out. I was like, I'm going to see this through the end. And then I kind of looked up and credits were rolling. I was like, okay. Like it mm -hmm. really just, it was terrible. And, um, 
yeah, real real shame because you know I thought it was going to have like uh, you know it felt like it was just going to be one of these cheap kind of slashes that had a lot of gore in it, and that's what it was going to go for. Which you know I'm all for, and it really didn't have that, and it didn't have the mm. story to back up anything else. It was just kind of like nothing happened. It was setting up just like these characters' lives. Like there was this guy that was like hitting on he was married to this older woman and was hitting on all these young women and trying to get laid and like that was like half an hour of the movie and ultimately yeah. meant nothing and then we had this weird like relationship between these other two characters where he was like setting up this hilarious old school uh pc for her so they could dm each other on P- on these really old personal computers it was fantastic like to see <laughs> the tech but ultimately yeah the movie sucked um the only saving grace for me is, for some reason, this movie has sold out at Arrow, so it's currently right. worth a bomb on the second-hand <laughs> market. So I'm going to make bank Cha-ching. off it. So <laughs> thank God for that, because that this this is not going to stay on my shelf. <laughs> that's brilliant. I, I think yeah. that's really interesting because um, I they, they haven't hit this point yet, but I think there is no. absolutely an expiration date in terms of trying to oh, find to old 80s yeah because there, it's not an infinite amount right like there's I'm, only a certain amount I'm of shocked. horrors that you can find <laughs> yeah i'm blown away like i by no means consider myself like oh i ha- i comprehensively have seen almost everything but like mm. i've explored a lot and arrow has opened my eyes up to a ton of stuff and like i respect like i will always love arrow for that mm. But yeah, there has, like you say, there has to be a full stop on that. And yeah, releases like this make me think they're coming there. They're getting there. Well, yeah, because there's like there's stuff that they already have, which they have such a huge back catalogue now. And then also there's just so many movies that they'll just never get the rights to for whatever reason. Yeah. And so that cuts off such a huge part of that 80s market anyway. Like there are so many movies that I remember seeing in that 80s horror doc that I was like, um you know kind of like writing down in my like a mental note of like yeah. i'd like to see i think it was called cat people the one with malcolm mcdowell and there yeah. was a couple of others like um yeah. the winged serpent one and there was all these different ones i was like um the chud as a uh, chud as well and chud, all these different yeah. movies but like arrow just aren't gonna be able to yeah. get most of them and, and even and even just like some of the bigger stuff like the fly and that like yeah. you know getting nice versions of them because obviously arrow have got like their three avenues mm-hmm. of like these lower releases, you know, the Edge of Axe, but then the good versions of those, you know, the microwave massacres of the world. Hell yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd appreciate that. So then you've good. got the big retro releases, you know, your Robocops, your American Werewolves. Yeah. And then obviously you've got your new stuff, your Harpoons, your Serial Killer's Guide. And like, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, the the two of those, those big American horror, um, American horror, sorry, American Werewolf and, you know, um, carry and all of those like how yeah. many more of them have they gone for and not got like how many mm-hmm. are still out there for them to get and then and then yeah obviously then these ones as well like it's going to get to a point that it will just be looking forwards which yeah. still still can be exciting but it's certainly not what arrow is at its core yeah for sure like it's obviously um it has been a quiet year to kick off as well like the mm. last couple of months has been quiet for them so hopefully they are obviously trying to get some deals because yeah it's it's got to the point now especially after hills of eyes part two where i don't mm. really have a wish list anymore I actually no. the, the ones i just named would be top of that list because i do want to see like chud and obviously i would love like a lost boys and stuff like that but mm. it, it is more of these big releases now and yeah obviously there will be stuff like microwave massacre that i never would have watched if it wasn't for arrow um and obviously you picking that up so yeah like there's going to be small releases like that for sure as well yeah um but yeah um yeah I did big swing and a miss on this one yeah that's that's a real shame that's it reminds me of when i saw that collar boss movie and i was just like oh why did they release this yeah. um yeah. but 
yeah, I did watch a few movies over the past week. I won't talk about them too much because otherwise we're going to be here for another three hours. But um... <laughs> was it was it Saw movies? Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, God damn it, man! <laughs> so over the last four days, I've watched uh, Saw one, Saw two, Saw three, and Saw four. Um, it's been so incredible. I'm having. Of course, it has. You're watching time. the good ones. <laughs> they're, they're amazing, though. Like I think I always forget how good they are. <laughs> I don't know how because I always say it's my horror, my favorite horror franchise. But they, they're genuinely incredible movies. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the first one is like just a bonafide classic, one of the greatest ever. But I think what they did so well because they were churning them out at such a quick rate. Yeah. Yet the world building immediately in the law was fantastic. You know, immediately making Jigsaw a character in Saw 2 because he was barely a character in Saw 1. And mm-hmm. obviously Amanda being in one scene in the first movie and the way they expanded her character into 2 and 3 is just amazing. And now I'm obviously on the precipice of Hoffman being literally in one scene in oh, Saw 3 shit. to now be the big reveal in Saw 4. Um, one thing that's amazing is that they changed his character in Saw 3. He's a forensics um, like scientist. And then is obviously, he? yeah, it, it, on, the, on the credits, it says Forensics Hoffman. Wow. Um, yeah, obviously, in Saw 4, he's a homicide detective. Yeah. <laughs> and then going forward. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really interesting. That is something that they obviously definitely retconned. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing that's incredible about this is that, you know, when Saw 3 was made, the plans for Saw 4, like what were, what was there? And yeah. so that you know, I can almost imagine the guys that are penning the script. They're watching Saw Three, and like this guy, like this, let's just cross that out, and he can be something. You know, we've done yeah. it with Amanda. Like, who are we going to trigger this with next? Um, yeah, it it's... just like there's only so many times you can do that. Like we're talking about Amanda and Hoffman, and obviously, as we get to the latter movies, it's just like we can't keep having these weird reveals. But yeah, the, it, those first ones, man, my god, it just felt like they were so almost lucky in terms of the people they cast. Because even having like um, the detective Kerry, who's like helping, yeah, she's in the awesome. first one, yeah, she then becomes like a main character in two, and even like she gets killed off quite quickly, unfortunately, in in uh, in three. Um, mm. But um, and then like Detective Matthews is like a great arc as well, who is kind of like the lead in two, but then he is still in like three and four and in really important yeah. scenes as well. Yeah. Like I just think that they were on such a roll, and it, I feel like you could have only done it the way they done it, which is literally by the seat of their pants. Like they had mm. such a quick turnaround that they had to just be like, right, what are we gonna do? Let's come up with this idea, and and, then they, and no one really had time to second guess anything. It was just like let's just fucking do it because we don't mm. have time to say no. Um, I've been watching all the special features as I go across as well, and especially now like obviously yeah. i've just watched the last three which were all darren's films of obviously returning for spiral and um he he filmed a lot of behind the scenes footage like darren's diary he called it of him nice. filming the those movies and um they were getting me super excited for the new movie because he's just a guy who really excites me obviously getting behind <laughs> the camera again after so long um but you just see the level of stress they were under when they were making it and literally how they're like on set with jigsaw and he's saying like why don't we do this? And Darren's like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do that. Like they are literally mm-hmm. making up shit on the spot that ends up in the movie. And it's such like a weird style of filmmaking that you don't really see, especially these making of documentaries where they're literally showing the whole world. Like, yeah, we didn't really know what the fuck we were doing, but it worked out really well. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's been amazing. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to enjoy the next two at least. <laughs> yeah, you It's are, been man. a ride. Like those first three in particular, like obviously Saw 4 was really enjoyable as well, but like it's such a perfect yeah. trilogy of films. Obviously with Lee returning for free and, and being heavily involved, like he was one of the main writers of Saw 3. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's good times, man. It's good times. Like I don't want to rag on the franchise because it is, like you say, the, the first six movies are mm. like elite. 
yeah they're in- absolutely yeah. incredible yeah. so i'm just Hell enjoying yeah. the ride and yeah like for people that obviously haven't checked them out like definitely do because obviously mm. i think one of my biggest um frustrations is the fact that um it became so much in terms of the marketing and stuff with the gore and the traps and that's kind of like i think if no one has seen a saw movie that'll be the thing that you n- recognize it's not the really intricate lore and the kind of backstory of the characters which i i think helps more seeing them quickly you really get a sense of like because jigsaw's story is told in such small increments you know like mm. we get flashbacks to his wife in saw free but we don't have any idea who that character is in saw free and it's not <laughs> until saw four when you realize oh he had this wife and they had this miscarriage and this is what shaped him as a character you get what that I, what I want is people out there to let us know if you're into this lore as much as we are because we talk <laughs> into this vacuum about saw at nauseam you know we've we've done multiple episodes on the saw franchise at this point you know we're Mm. in it um and it would be interesting to see if anyone else is really into this lore like we are or are Mm. we on an island yeah i just think it's fascinating because we talk a lot about canon and kind of like the the remakes and all that stuff but this was a franchise that for a good six to seven years they were producing this same singular canon with this group of set of characters Ooh. and they were constantly expanding upon the mythology in really cool and interesting ways. And cool especially the horror movies. Yeah. Like especially those first four watching it now of like someone like Jigsaw, who was just a guy laying on the floor in the first movie. And for him to kind of become what he is over the course of the movies, like obviously with Saw 2, you get to see, the actual character talking face to face for so long and then free being like let's have him interact with amanda loads um i think that's what i love so much is that i can't like i the first one will always be my favorite but i definitely love the franchise the most and that's what yeah. excites me because there i don't think there's another franchise that i feel that way about it's always like yeah this is the one and then i also have this fondness for the rest of it do you know what i mean um Whereas Saw is like, I love Saw 1, but I now I can't imagine it without 2 and 3. Yeah, like, I just exactly. can't. Um, so yeah, yeah I sometimes try awesome. to watch it in isolation. Just can't do it anymore. No. You have to be like, oh, yeah. Like, I have to see the Amanda storyline through now, yeah. you know, and all the other stuff. Um, it's incredible. Um, so, yeah, very exciting times ahead. Um, but, yeah, in the, in the very foreseeable future, for the next couple of weeks, it's interesting. Obviously, we talked about The Invisible Man kind of booking mm-hmm. in the end of the month. Um, yeah. We have a couple of weeks before then. Obviously... Fantasy Island is coming out definitely in the States this week, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it's not coming out in the UK. Um, it's not this week, but we are seeing it. So right. uh, trailers and like we've seen posters up where yeah, we are. I think so, like, it's, it's coming out in March. Soon. Like, okay. um, so yeah, yeah the, the good old like two or three or four week delay, which is always nice. Um, yeah, I've got a date of March 6th. Yeah, that think, sounds I mean, about right. Yeah. Um, again, The Boy 2 is apparently out in a couple of weeks as well. <laughs> um which i don't even know is a real film um obviously we missed the turn in um gretel and hansel was another one that came out in the u.s not an absolute word of uk distribution in any way (laughs) shape or form um i've googled it and everything and you just can't find anything um so that's interesting um and yeah yeah, uh, daniel isn't real we spoke about came out over the last couple of weeks so maybe Mm -hmm. we'll cover that but also that vfw movie that we discussed um supposedly out on demand this week or later this week um so if that's the case then we'll try and check that one out um but yeah it's gonna be one of these ones like on demand as well also just randomly polaroid got added to netflix in the past week which is pretty nice it might just be uk i'm not too sure but yeah Polaroid. i mean we're apparently Um, getting bronze day and date still really i'll believe that when i see it 
So when is that supposed to be? Is that the 21st? 21st, yeah. Yeah, so we need, obviously, a move before then. But uh, yeah. it'll be one of these ones on the backlog. I'm hoping it's VFW. If that is, like, on demand, then obviously we'll be able to get it. So, uh, yeah, we'll check that one out for sure. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, Daniel Isn't Real was an Arrow release as well. So, yeah, we should probably do that as well at some point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I didn't pick was... it up. Did you not? No. <laughs> you were so annoyed after Edge of Action. was like, how dare yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, that was episode 183 where we talked about Underwater. Uh, Thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone.